0: Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today, I'm joined with Matthew O., founder of Forefront Charity. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is Tyler Brondyke. Hope you all are having a good day. If this is your first time tuning in, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm excited for our conversation with Matthew O, founder of Forefront Charity. If you're a long time listener, thanks again for tuning back in. Appreciate your support. And if you have not done so already, if you can leave a review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. Today's conversation with Matthew, uh, we discuss his charity, Forefront Charity, based in New York City with a global mission to enable every person, equip leaders, establish self-sustaining communities through a four-phase approach. Matthew's journey to Forefront started years back uh, while in college, serving with his local church congregation um, in overseas mission. The obedience of waiting on the Lord proved to be the guiding light uh, entering into the country of India uh, when he first started the organization and when it took its roots. In this conversation, we discuss calling and prayer as the essential element in this process. Throughout the conversation today, uh, you'll hear a lot of uh, Matthew's uh, humility and also curiosity to, to learn and to uh, be in fellowship and uh, communion and understanding of others. Um, and I really admire his, his, his listening to uh, not only uh, himself and this conversation, but to the world at large uh, and how he's playing a greater role. So let's turn on over now. Hello, and welcome to the Guys Like Us Podcast. This is your host Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Matthew O, oh, founder of Go Forefront based in New York City, but with a global mission to enable every person to equip leaders and establish self-sustaining communities. Matthew, thank you so much for joining today.
1: Thanks so much, Tyler. Um, it's such an honor to be uh,
0: featured in your podcast. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to this conversation um, and, and just to, to kick things off, I, I would love to to learn a bit more about uh, Go, For- Go Forefront and, and, and how it started. I know I gave a just a brief a brief uh, overview of your mission, but wanted to hear a bit more about the backstory uh, of mm-hmm. really of, uh, of who you are uh, going back even farther um, yep. and, and how this led to Go Forefront and the story of its uh, initial creation.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'll be happy to. So I would say that for me, um, the nonprofit space, I first kind of got introduced to it back in late high school. Um, It's kind of when I first heard about it, Um, you know, I I saw or I heard about it through like birthday fundraisers. Um, And then when I got into college, um, I majored in engineering uh, specifically Mm. chemical engineering and especially through my college fellowship uh, Bethany Campus Church um, Mm. really that's kind of where I think my faith started to grow and really solidify Um, in there we I heard a lot of uh, missionaries that spoke I heard a lot I went to some mission conferences on campus uh, um, and really just kind of exposing me more to like the global world and what's kind of going out there I think You know, growing up, it was very much, you know, living my USA, like New Jersey life. Um, But then I think that was really the time when I heard about what's really going on in the world. Mm. Um, And being a chemical engineer as well, I can't say I was the happiest person in the world. You know, definitely. Mm. It was a very hard major. I was struggling a lot, Um, like spiritually, emotionally, just everything was just... And then, you know, with the hills, the huge hills on Cornell campus. Physically, I was exhausted <laughs> I walking like yep. miles and up the hill, up and down. Um, yes, yeah, so I was really just kind of worn out a lot. Um, but definitely my college, uh, fellowship community was really strong, always encouraging me to run the race, you know, really to mm. wait upon the Lord. And I think wait upon the Lord really is kind of like a key message throughout my entire like forefront journey. Mm. Uh, and, uh, because, and I thought that, you know, growing up, people and the world always tells you, you know, um, have a good career, you know, live a nice, comfortable life, uh, you know, family, money, security, comfort. These are the things that this world tells us. And, you know, this is the way I've been at the time, you know, the 20 years I've just been kind of exposed to that type of um, like world theology sort of say. Um But then when I heard the missionaries speak, there was some sort of joy or there's some sort of uh, happiness that they had, that they were expressing, even if they were kind of alone on the missions field, just their family with just a lot of persecution and and obstacles and just hearing a lot of the miracle stories. And even in in that type of context, just hearing how they, they find so much joy in serving the Lord was something that really kind of drew me. Because I was like, okay, well, the world's telling me I need to live this way. And I am pursuing it. I'm on track. But I'm not really happy. But they are not going along with the world. But they're so happy by serving the Lord. Mm. And I think that's kind of what really just stirred up in me a heart for missions. I think that's kind of where it started. And then now my current church, Grace Community Chapel, as soon as I graduated and went to um, my current church right now, uh, there was an opportunity to go to missions in India. Uh, so went to India and then uh, just saw the need for clean water uh, in the same water. You know, you have kids swimming, uh, people doing laundry, uh, um, animals would be washed there. And so it's just kind of like a common place. And I saw the need for clean water. My master's was in water municipal treatment and civil engineering. So definitely there was some sort of, connection there and i and before the mission trip i was always kind of like what can i do to serve the lord in my capacity right so having an engineering degree and for a lot of us you know we all have great specialized talents and skills and degrees you know how can i use it uh for the lord Mm. and so when i saw the need for clean water i was like wow okay this is what i learned definitely can do something about it um and the greatest thing that i heard there was like um, they were saying that because India is such a Hindu, uh, country, uh, for the missionaries to enter these villages and in India, it's like remote villages just scattered throughout. It's not re- they have some big cities, but a lot, most of the rural is just small pockets of villages, maybe like two, 300 people. And it's, it's just scattered around with huge distances in between. And so these villages are very opposed to missionaries coming and sharing about Christianity Mm. um, because it's Hindu and they're very protective of their Mm. Hindu religion and faith. But the missionary there was telling us, you know, through clean water, through schools and through these sorts of initiatives, uh, obviously for the villages, they would welcome it because it's life necessity. And then through that way, um, they kind of share the gospel. Um, And so when I heard that, I was like, wow, like. My skill, our skill can really unlock new opportunities to help missionaries to evangelize and to share the word of God uh, with these remote of like the most remote villages in India. And that's kind of how Forefront really started. And that's kind of my heart behind it is Mm. to continue to do that. So then I came back uh, from India in 2012. Through a water charity concert brought on an uh, amp movement. They're like a trio like Christian band um, We raised three thousand dollars and then uh, built a water well uh, And then that's kind of the first step that I kind of took mm. I Went back year after year um, to India I do believe in uh, longevity commitment perseverance mm. and really just kind of investing in into a mission sites and, and I definitely see the benefit just Mm. the relationship created. Um, it almost became even to a point where like I could almost like navigate myself. Well, now I could basically like navigate myself throughout the villages just because I've been just going back again and again and just, you know, retracing those steps.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the following year we went to an orphanage and then, uh, a lot of the kids, they were basically just, uh, not go to school and just hang out with us. And we said, why aren't you going to school? And you know, we would, hear, we would hear stories like there's no schools to go to or teachers or they don't really see, they see education as luxury and not a necessity. The following year that I went back, uh, I met a pregnant woman who had pregnancy complications, but given her caste system and given the lack of transportation there, um, she was not able to get uh, care. So at the time we prayed for her. Um, but yeah, so th- that's kind of the the, the, um, the realities uh, there. Mm-hmm. So then, when I thought about it, right? Um, so in 2015, when we first started forefront charity and we built a water well, another water well. So this is our the second water well. But the first for forefront charity, we went back six months later and we interviewed the villages. So we said, hey, you know, with this new water well. Uh, how has your life changed? And we thought surely your life has changed dramatically, and it did. You know, it's really life and death for them. Mm. Um, but at the same t- time, we said, okay, now they used to get, they used to spend six hours a day just getting water. So one-hour trip, six hours a day, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 12 p.m., because it's as much water as they could kind of carry with them. Mm. And so now that they have all this time back, because the water well is located right in their community. Um, now we now parents are able to work and children are able to go to school and so when we when we asked so what are you doing with all this time once again we heard this the kids saying oh teachers don't come we don't have textbooks we don't have schools to go to and so this is kind of where the birth of our uh holistic approach our four-phase idea came into play because we realized that it's more than one solution just because there's clean water right um if they don't have education if they don't have medical attention then uh, we believe that the communities uh will not necessarily grow to be sustainable but our four phase it really builds on one one another so with clean water uh it reduces waterborne illnesses which is a cause of almost a million children death each year right so now that with clean water they're able to um they're not they're less prone to get sick uh, alongside with that is proper hand sanitation. You need clean water to, and soap to, uh, to implement proper hand sanitation. Now that now that the kids are a lot more lively and willing and active, um, and healthy, they're able to go to school, which is the foundation of skills and the foundation of really just kind of, uh, career and growth. Hmm. Um, and then the medical kind of is there because we, um, we, we want to make sure that every um, member of of the community stays active. So if kids get sick, we don't want them to miss school for too long because then they fall behind and they drop out or for parents. you know we don't want um, them to uh, not be able to support their children uh, due to lack of income or uh, force their children to work. Um, and then lastly, we do believe that you know girls uh, should have rights, equal rights to education. Um, and opportunities to lead businesses and so
0: that's kind of our fourth phase hmm. wow. wow Well, it, it, it sounds like it's been a it's been a work in, in, in Process for for many years and there's a lot of buildup coming into the the really the full development and manifestation of what this looks like today and I one of the earlier things you mentioned that really that really stuck with me was uh, You're talking about um, waiting on the Lord right and having having patience um, but it it really it seems like when when we're in uh, this you know self starter entrepreneurial like really a go ahead and make and make a, a way type of mentality it you, you you tend to get in that go 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 mindset or um, yeah. in the it, in the in the in the mindset of I, I can do all these things I just have to work harder or try more like how have you been able to to keep that mindset and waiting on the Lord while also still doing all of this great work. Right, right. Yeah. That's basically how the Lord humbles
1: me every single day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we go starting waiting upon the Lord. You know, I, it's really, it really is part of my testimony, but I, I just, mm. every single day, the Lord really just reminds me that it's, if he doesn't allow it, that it won't happen. So what I mean by that is back in 2012, when I first went to, um, on missions to india and when i first was convicted about uh forefront um and nonprofit world um I, I i think that you really know if you have passion if you really pray onto the lord like every day mm. i literally prayed every day for this vision i was like god you know my heart you know i want to do this mm. and this is really for you and for your glory and for your kingdom and then a year passed by and I went to the next Indian mission trip and I still didn't hear uh, like the next steps. Like for example, never done nonprofit before, so yeah. I have no idea how to lead a nonprofit, what a nonprofit entails, how to get it registered, who to work with, and all these things I just I had no idea. Yeah. So one year passed just waiting upon the Lord no answer Mm. then 2013 you know saw like i shared before saw the need for the education Mm. phase um and then prayed again for another year still no answer but i prayed every single day um and then another like half a year Mm. and then it was when i was almost at the end i was like god i've been literally praying for two and a half years how much more and i was like maybe this isn't what you wanted or what you intended me to do or what you called me to do. And I was like, you know what, but I'm going to pray really hard one last time. And through some of the, some of the stories that I've heard, you know, I really just kind of prayed in faith, right. I really just said, God, if this is it, um, I really need some some sort of sign or some sort of like validation or yeah, validation. Mm. And then it was October 2014. Uh, when, um, when, uh, The missionary that we work with in India reached out to me and said, Matt, I have something I want to ask you. And then instantaneous, I was like, I think I know what you want. I literally said that. I think I know what you're talking about. Is it perhaps like a charity for like water and like education? He was like, yes, as I was praying, that's exactly what I was thinking about um, and what the Lord has put on my heart. And then also um, you came into mind. And then that was kind of like a sign. It's like, wow, like God really kind of confirming. And I think when God works, um, He really works in miraculous and mysterious ways, where mm-hmm. He really just kind of joins the community of believers um, together, right? People's ministries together. But as and as we started um, each day, you know, obviously the, the the big one of the big temptation for CEOs, as we just look at worldly CEOs, is you know, really just kind of going out there and attacking all fronts and to Mm. kind of more specifically answer your question. um, Yeah, I think that a lot of times through some of the disappointments and letdowns, I'm constantly reminded um, that God is in control because he's still sustaining all our operations. And, you know, he's been bringing amazing team people onto our team. Um, But at the end of the day, just really just um, having a good solid, church mm. community preaching um and a lot of my friends and a lot of my team members um, who are also believers just reminding me you know like we're here it's a long haul it's a race it's a marathon it's not a sprint um, and that really kind of just keeps me grounded um, and i think that a lot of the a lot of the projects that we're tackling they're big projects um, mm-hmm. and and I, I admit that. Um, and really what I realize is there's, there's only so much I can do with my human strength. And I really yeah. do find myself um, kneeling before the Lord and asking God for his help and for his provisions and for him to open doors and for him to provide um, and for him to enable all the projects to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that through this, the past three years that Forefront Charity has been going, um, really it's just been a constant surrendering to the Lord and really just waiting upon
0: his timing and his, um, doing. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think we like to, uh, have things, you know, happen overnight and have this mindset it's going to happen tomorrow or, you know, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then maybe if we're, if we wait and we, uh, we don't hear anything, then we don't, then we don't think it's meant to be. And then we switch to something else. But I I really, But I, I really admire your you know your ability to continue to continue seeking and to continue asking for clarity in this vision too. And it wasn't it's continued, you know continuously been revealed to you and um, know that there's a lot more to come through that the same process of you know constant prayer, um, getting involved in your in your church community, um, but then also develop but then also serving others too. And this just kind of speaks to the bigger mission of really the the you know the entire kind of look, looking at it from a biblical perspective, you know, forefront is a, and it's part, it's a, it's a, it's an act of service, right? So when we think about, when we think about service and looking that in, you know, in the Bible, but really just serving others, um, how I, what I really like and enjoy about what you're doing now is you're um, not only doing this, but you're also passing the torch to, so that others can do it as well. Um, especially, in, in in the self-sustaining communities, not only within your your home, you know, domestic teams so that you can continue to pass the torch and, you know, quote unquote, disciple others into this service ministry, but then also so that the, the, the communities can develop and, and have an, an increase in their knowledge, um, become leaders and, and, and feel empowered and not only feel, but be empowered to make change. So why was this, this uh, kind of like, you know, teaching the teachers and having this model of, of longevity, lo- longevity in terms of the, really the process, but then also the, you know, creating this longevity and in, in relationships so important to you. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, something that you said, I'll, I, I'll kind of address first. Mm. So at least here in the U S um, and really just around the world. Um, I mean, my heart is really for our generation. Um, and, one one of the things that i hear a lot is oh you know people who do nonprofit they were meant for nonprofit or in order to help others like you you do nonprofit and we'll support you um but i think that really kind of my heart is that for me i consider myself just an everyday person right and i have an engineering degree background as as so do many people in the us um but kind of utilizing and giving uh, and using my God-given skills and talents um, to really just kind of help others, I think is kind of what I want to also, yeah. also encourage everybody to do, whether you're a nonprofit or not. And so our volunteering, um, our volunteering program is, you know, something that we really do stress because even if we can get people to have a taste of what it means to just use your skills or use your time to help others. I mean, I think that's invaluable, and I think that's something that I encourage everyone to really mm. just kind of take part in. Um, in terms of the, in terms of the, in terms of our approach of just really kind of enabling and equipping um, mm. locals, um, yeah, something that I I say is that our time and resources are limited. I think that's a fact for any nonprofit, and realizing that um, at also at the same time, there's a lot of barriers and there's a lot of, and I will admit, there's a lot of things that we just don't know about their culture. Mm. Um, and it would be very, um, it would not be right for us to go say, this is the way you do things. Um, and in no way do we do that. And everything that we do, we vet it out through community um, forums. So we really just try to understand what are the needs? What are the drivers? What are the things that they're uh, that they find valuable in their community? And then kind of marry it up with uh, some of the ideas that we have, something that might be innovative or something that we think might kind of help them. And so uh, put that together, we, we um, create programs for kind of the culture and for the community um, and led also by locals, uh, local missionaries there. Um, and so kind of our hope is that if we are, um, if we show them, if you show the community the value of... Uh, education if we show them the value of um, really just taking ownership of their community right Um, so for example our soap business um, that we're starting up or that we started uh, that's called care Um, so our Mm -hmm. the woman that we've identified her name is Elizabeth and she's basically going out and sharing uh, the importance of soap um, but also distributing and uh, selling soap as well Uh, so things like that right Mm -hmm. really just kind of taking ownership and uh, someone who has a heart for the community and giving them the means to serve their community. I think this is kind of the sort of approach that we're taking on. And even in our school, um, a lot of it, a lot of the learnings will be pr- project, activity, and service-based learning, right? To really just show them from an early age the importance of uh, that that education is not for you to keep personally, but right. it's to share and to give back to others. Um, and so if we're able to kind of create uh, the next generation or if we're able to create these change makers um, who really just kind of take owners, right, then we're basically creating a more sustainable community um, that's able to really just kind of uh,
0: help one another and um, grow grow the community together. Mm. So, you know, while you're on the ground uh, going over to India, um, you know, obviously you've seen uh, you've gone back on several, several occasions, um, going back and, and really seeing the development and the changes of the community that you've been working with. And want to know, um, what, what, if you can tell me what the best moment has been to date, um, in, in India, engaging with the people on the ground there. hmm
1: Yeah. So I, I think that India is always a very special time for me because, you know, um, as I struggle um, here, let's say in the U.S., right? I mean, we're just bombarded with how to live life. Like, what, what should life really look like as an American citizen? Yeah. Um, I think going to India kind of always regrounds me back to my purpose and back to my faith. Mm. Um, more specifically, this past March trip was really impactful because this year overall, like, Honestly speaking has been on the more difficult side. Yeah. um, but I think that through the trip um, Some of the convictions that I took away with, you know, I'll definitely keep forever. I think one of them really just being uh, I think a lot of times being in a nonprofit space um, some of the thoughts that I have is It's my time, you know, it's my money. It's it's my life, you know, mm. why can't I live the way I want to live? Um. But I think that and it really created a, a, a grumbling heart in me, um, to be honest. But I think that when I went to India and I just saw the villagers and the, our construction you know, company um, who's helping build the school and I just talked to them and they're just so excited for the school. Right. For them, they see this really as a beacon of light in their community, like a lot of hope to come. Mm. And as I and they work so many hours. They work like eighteen plus hours. Not that we tell them to, but they're like we want we want to work. Like we want the school to happen. And you know, the community coming together, we've been having like local government representatives come and you know speak on behalf of our school. And one of the things that I saw was there's this joy in serving or coming together and working together and it's very kind of they they really do work together a lot. Mm. Um, but seeing the joy that they had in while they're doing work or ministry really kind of reminded me, why am I, why am I doing the work that God has given me with a grumbling heart? Mm. Ultimately, I'm not serving myself. This is not for me. There's really no gain for me personally. Right. But ultimately, as I serve the Lord, it's for him. And as I as I'm reminded of who I am really working for, that we're all that God is ultimately our boss, our CEO and our manager, and that God has given me and our team and everyone who's been involved, um, this opportunity to serve his people um, in this capacity. I have no choice but to be joyous. It is the best thing ever. And so it always, thinking just about that or thinking about the work that we're doing, thinking and thinking of and remembering the stories that we've heard it just brings me back and just reminds me, He's like, wow, it's amazing how God works in great ways beyond us, right? I mean, yeah. he is working in all countries, all people groups, um, ministering to all people, and he's convicting so many people globally to do his work. And when I just think about the great, the grand, great God and the almighty God that he is just deploying all his people around the world, I just can't. I, I just stand back in awe and I'm like, wow, like I'm just so glad to have this opportunity to be part of it. And I just encourage and I pray for everybody else out there who is doing this great work to continue to not lose hope but to just continue to re- be reminded of the roots, the foundation and who we're working for. Mm. And I think ultimately, if, is there one specific instance? I'm sure if I really thought hard, like mm. I, there is one. but. I would have to say as cheesy and as cliche as the answer is, this entire waiting upon the Lord has been the greatest experience as hard as it is emotionally at the same time. Like it always surprises me how like as difficult as it is kind of like what I, what I witnessed back in college with the missionaries that joy and looking back, I'm like, wow, like God has answered my prayer. Like as hard as it is, like, there is still so much joy in going back to India, or do, like going to the meetings, or planning, or strategizing for the future, um, partnering with the missionaries. There is a lot of joy in that. So I have to say, this entire process has been just a great joy and opportunity.
0: Wow, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. And um, yeah, I, I can, I can. When you, when you're talking about the the hope that the people have and how much joy it brings to them too, it when you see other people are happy and they are. Excited and are just willing to do so much um, Without even being told to do you know all this this, you know this extra work, which doesn't feel like work to them You know it it brings brings back so much um, Happiness and fulfillment to you as well. So I I wanted to know it um, kind of over these over these past you know three years now that you started in 2015 um, I think what has um, How has your relationship with God Uh, changed the most is it you think that you've just had a lot you've had a lot more hope now for really for yourself and for the and for the world or what has that what has that looked like for you Mm,
1: that's a great question Um, the first word that comes to my mind is childlike faith Mm, Um, I do think that there's just been so, so many obstacles along the way and You know i I, when i talk to some of my team members and we're just kind of looking back at a three-year history or journey rather um yeah it's just like wow like god has really provided um in his timing and i i find myself more and more just praying more um and really just relying and beseeching and just asking the lord for his help um so i think that's definitely something that that has really just kind of grown um, in the past three years. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this may be encouraging to many people and this is something that I went through and as I talked to some of the other Christians here in the New York City area, a lot of the things that I hear is, need in this world is so great, don't you ever get disappointed. And the answer for me is yes. Um, back in 2016 summer, I was very discouraged. I was very kind of discouraged and defeated. I'm just like, what can I do? And, yeah. and I, and I think that once again, I, I, the question that I said, or the sentence that I said was, what can I do? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think when I made it about me, I was like, yeah, me, like there's no way I can change the world or, you know, and, and this world is broken. It was never meant to be right. Heaven is what we hope for and what we long for. Yeah. But at least here, um, One of the things that really kind of encouraged me and that kind of broke that mentality in me is uh, through a Bible study um, with my pastor that summer. um, She basically just kind of shared the gospel, like simply put, what it really came down to. But something that just struck in me was something so different and and revolutionary for me is that I'm no different from anybody, any other sinners in this world. And for me to... Uh, and for God to come and really just show me his grace um, and his love um, even and to use me even as a sinner um, and to really just kind of bless and provide for us uh, really was just kind of like why should I be judging or why should I um, not have hope in others right God I I would I'm just like everybody else and um, God really kind of had hope in us hope in. Uh, hope in me and as he really just kind of uh showed me more of him and as he's uh sanctifying me each day uh i i do believe that that love that we receive from god first from god we do and we should share it onto others and so when i kind of thought about it in that way um it really kind of open my eyes and be like, yeah, you know, like, this is what we should be doing. You know, Mm -hmm. God calls us to serve the poor and needy and kind of taking up more of God's calling. I think that was kind of like a big launch pad for me to really just kind of be like, Hey, it's not, it's not just me, right? God is, like I said before, God is just using all people and he's
0: redeeming his people in this world. Um, so yeah. Awesome. 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 Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's super encouraging to, to hear how God is working in your life. Um, but, and, but also really, you know, the, the obedience that, that you've, you know, had to have, as you mentioned in 2016. And, um, I'm sure, you know, every single day or often there's times of uh, a lot of uncertainty or questioning and kind of questioning for what, where, where to go next or what, what is this going to become? Or as you said, am, am I, am I really important in this? in this, in this process. And is it, maybe even, is it worth me, you know, doing all this work? Can I, can I do this? Um, and you know, I, I think when, when we're able to attach to something really greater than ourselves and attach not only to that, but attach to a vision of of what, for ex- of what forefront is, you know, is do- t- attached to its mission, but then attached to its vision as well and where it's looking to go. I think it gives us a lot of confidence and, and, um, and where where we've already been, um, and and the people that have also been willing to to take part in this in in this journey with us too, as you said, you know you have a team uh, that are all supporting this mission and are and are carrying it out, and that's I think it's incredible seeing so many people get behind something, knowing that it's yes you're a, a, a piece of the puzzle, but you're really one small piece of a giant puzzle, and that's. I think it, it shows the awe, as as you mentioned the awe and the, and the curiosity for and the, really the wonder of of what what God can do um, rather than just what you can do on your own Yeah
1: no totally agree and I mean just looking back I mean it was we never knew that we would come here come to this point where we provided over 40,000 villagers with clean water wow. over 1,500 uh, soap toys, these yeah. uh, toy uh, soaps with toys in, in it to encourage kids to hand wash this soap business care that I mentioned and now constructing uh, 20,000 square foot plus um, primary school for grades one through five. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all of these things is definitely through God's provisions and blessing um, and really just kind of waiting on his timing and uh, as he kind of wills it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, just the ministry there uh, is is Called Grace Ministries. They're doing amazing work. They're so faithful, and uh, the name forefront really kind of birthed from what I've witnessed there. Um, despite the persecution, uh, the missionaries they will literally be at the forefront of sharing the gospel, no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah. And that really just is so encouraging for me. And they're so dedicated. Um, they're you know they're consistently. Uh, building churches in local villages. Um, I think this past, uh, this year alone, I think they baptized like 40 people already. Um, so just the, kind of the ministry work that they're doing is just yeah. incredible. Um, so that also really just, mm. that also just uh, encourages, encourages me more um, because ultimately kind of what God has placed in my heart when I first went to India, you know, God is using this really just for his kingdom work and Mm. um In our third water well site, uh, they built a church around it. So, yeah, I mean, definitely this is something that um, I'm passionate about, and really just I encourage anybody and everyone to partake in, whether our nonprofit or any other nonprofit, mm. like to get involved and really just to take action because the worst thing is to just kind of passively just watch from afar, um, yeah. even if it's. A little bit even if it's one two hours just it really does help
0: nonprofits out a lot yeah. um, or ministries a lot so mm. absolutely yeah well thanks for that for that word of encouragement to our listeners um, and to folks that are um are, are interested or maybe uh because or creating awareness so that they can uh, take part in in as you as you said for a nonprofit uh, or for a ministry or for whatever that might look like um but it is it is life-giving um, to, to to many different people, to yourself, to the to the people receiving it, and to God above too. So, it's a uh, it's there's a lot of a lot of benefits benefits, and it's definitely a good partnership. Um, yeah. so just uh, just to wrap up, I, I just want to know um the vision of, of what you of what you if what vision you have for for forefront charity and and then also um just, you know, where people can find you um, and, and stay in touch with the work that you're doing.
1: Yep. Uh, uh, so kind of the future outlook uh, for Forefront, um, obviously, is to really just kind of launch a school. I think that this school for us is really exciting because uh, not only is it a, a school, but we also have a community center that we're building because this is kind of how we want to connect with the many number of villages around um, the area. So definitely looking forward to that. And through that, you know, we can also implement a lot of our other phases. So for example, the, the, the importance of clean water or the importance of hand washing, or why open defecation is harmful to the earth and things like that. It it could all kind of come through this sort of project. Um, and then we're also, we, we have an idea of what our medical phase looks like, but basically rolling it out, uh, just continue to empower, um, uh, women as well and and then even more in the future to look into other countries where we can continually um, Work alongside and kind of do the same work that we're doing in India, but in other countries yeah. uh, how people can find us uh, social media Facebook Instagram Twitter LinkedIn you name it. Uh, it's the handle is at go forefront mm. um, but also our website also our newsletter um, but every, anybody and everybody is also free to drop me an email at Matthew.o at gofortfront.org and I reply to all my emails. So I would love to just continually connect, mm. share ideas, partner. So we're very open to all of that. Um,
0: yeah. So. awesome. Awesome. Well well thank you so much again, Matthew, for your for your time here, sharing your story, sharing the story of uh of this uh, this awesome uh, gift that you have in front of you and that is spreading to so many other people, um, and, and really just sharing your heart as well. Um, and so I, I appreciate you for, for doing all this and, uh, it would just, I would love for you to close us out in prayer to wrap up uh, the conversation today. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Thank you. Um, dear Lord God,
1: um, we are just so thankful, uh, that you have really just given us, um, opportunities to really just serve you and your people and ultimately your kingdom. Uh, we just ask you Lord that may we just continually stay humble. um, and may we just continue to seek your will, um, and seek for your help in everything that we do for, we know that we can't do it on our own efforts and strength, but ultimately, um, it's your doing. Um, so we really just ask you Lord that your will be done. Um, may more as we, as we, um, carry out our calling and our life Uh, may everything just be a reflection of you of who you are and maybe just be an encouragement to others and a light uh, unto others in this dark place Lord God Um, I just ask you Lord that may you just uh, encourage and may you just uh, uh, just unite all believers Lord God to really just take on um uh, this calling and this opportunity um, to really just partake in in the ministry work uh, that you have entrusted us with. Um, and also really just thankful for um, all the um, missionaries and people who are just working out there. May you just continue to encourage them. May you give them strength. May you just remind them, Lord God, that you are with them and that you have not forsaken them, Lord God, and that you, um, that your um, grace and your love just uh, continually uh, washes over them um, with overabundance, Lord God. So thank you just so much uh, for this, and in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen, amen.